Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today we're talking about worry. Yes, we're going to discuss worry. Do you know why we brought this up? Well, I brought it up because we were watching that Newsmax news last night. And all the stuff that's going on in the world. I told Shannon we had to turn it off after a while because you start getting all freaked out and talking about $6 gas prices and... And we're doing fine, and God will provide no matter what. But it's like I, I wrote today in my journal, I wrote, Lord, I praise your name. Part of me wants to worry about fuel prices, about our finances, but I'm not going to because you've got this. And I think it's just a human natural thing to just all of a sudden freak out and get anxious about what might happen. Yeah, we have a tendency to get anxious, our anxiety and stress to enter into our lives, and and that can separate us from God because and, it takes away the trust. And that's that's the issue, I think, with um, God doesn't want us to worry because worrying is uh, independent of Him. Yeah, it's uh, like us trying to figure it out without Him. I uh, want to read. Um, this is the the verse, the go to verse for worry. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But I want to read it from the message. I like how Eugene Peterson had interpreted it here. Don't fret or worry. (coughs) Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Hmm. I like that word. Yeah, I like it all too. And then following that, he cha- he goes and uh, put your mind on on things that are beautiful. Yeah, the he, things above, not the things below. Because where we put our mind is is what we focus on. Yes, there you go. If we're focusing on uh, how we can't deal with it, how our resources are limited, how such and such, we're just gonna freak out more. And our resources as People who believe in Jesus Christ are not ever limited. We have the inexhaustible resources of God for everything. Right. And if he wants us, if he's put us in this place, which he has, and he wants us to do his work, he'll provide what we need to do his work, which includes money for gas because you need to drive places. Yeah. Um, Romans fifteen thirteen. Our hope comes from God. May He fill you with joy and peace because of your trust in Him. May your hope grow stronger by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that, in our current situation in the world we're in, the things that are around us, we have an opportunity mm. to increase our trust in God. Mm. We have an opportunity to increase our peace because we're confronted with these things that are hanging over us, whether it's political division and and all the stress that comes from that or the fuel prices or the, you know, the, the bad things that are being legislated in our government right, or in states. Uh, you know, it's, these it's, things are doing to kids lately that it's just too much for kids to handle. And, and, but God's got all that too. He loves right. the child. He loves little kids who are in elementary school where maybe some schools are, 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 are teaching things that kids don't need to learn about. and But God's with them there too. I, we don't need to freak out. He's, he's bigger than anything. There's that 
verse in Romans 8. You keep talking. I'll find what I'm looking for here okay. in a second. Yeah, the challenge here is that we have to surrender our anxiety, to surrender our worry. But that's what God asks us to do. He wants us to, to turn to him. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to take our trouble and our worry and our challenges and lay them out before him. He's, he asks for that. And we are, if we are living, and you must be because you're listening, and we're living because we're talking and breathing, we were equipped for this time in in history. Right. So all the things that are coming down the chute, all the crazy, crazy philosophy, crazy theories that we are equipped, specially created by God to be in this time and this place. And this is what I wanted. Uh, uh, Romans 8, uh, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he also with him graciously give us all things? Will he not graciously give us all things? So he didn't, he gave us Jesus, his Mm. own son. So anything else he could give us is nothing compared to Jesus Christ. So why would he withhold lesser things when he already gave us the very best? So we just have to plug into his resources. We just have to kind of um, remember we are children of God who owns everything. He owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. He just, everything belongs to him. We need not worry about anything. Matthew six thirty four. Jesus said, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, we give them worrying about what is going to happen in the future mm-hmm. is not the way we're supposed to, to confront the world and deal with the world. We're supposed to deal with it, with what's in front of us right now, right here. We deal with that. Tomorrow we're going to deal with what's in front of us tomorrow. And so many times people's anxiety comes from not knowing the future, which mm. we can't. We don't know the future. Mm-hmm. But we do know the reality of today. And that is that God loves us today, right now. And that God cares about us right now. First Peter five, seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And there is a separation. Our faith struggles when we are anxious. Mm. Our faith, our faith is challenged by that. Not because we don't know. That's the difference between anxiety and peace. Mm -hmm. You feel anxiety, you know peace. Peace is something that you know intellectually, spiritually. The Holy Spirit is not here to to make us anxious about anything. He's here for peace. So if we fall to our feelings, Mm -hmm. that's going to overcome our knowledge. Mm -hmm. True. And when you said that, you know peace. Peace is a person, really. Mm -hmm. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And so... Let me ask you this. Is there something that you worry about? I mean, and then you, you know, take it to God, but is there something that you just worry about? Things, all sorts of things can come in, come into your head and come no, into like my head. Personally. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of things. Um, concern. There's a difference between concern and worry. I mm-hmm. think concern is healthy and worry is not. Right. And I'm concerned about your health. Huh. I'm concerned about your physical health. Um, 
somewhat about your mental health too. Yeah, I'm forgetting a lot of things. Yeah, but that's concern. I'm not worried about it. God will take care of it. I know God will handle anything in front yeah, of us. You know, I have found one thing I worry about, and and it's not, it's it's, it has no ruts in anything. It's just a, I I get concerned about our grandson and then our future granddaughter. I, I get, and it's crazy worrying because I didn't do this with my own kids, but I'm like, Oh Lord, I, you know, I hope they, they live to like long, long lives. You know, I don't want to see them die young, you know, and I didn't spend time thinking about this with my kids. I don't know why I'm doing this with my grandkids, you know, um, maybe it's just, I don't know. I have no idea. So, you know, when I do that, I give it to God because it's silly. It's not like, I mean, our little grandson is so darn healthy and can't imagine how much a little two and a half year old can eat. I mean, but it, and that's a, I think that's a natural concern because the way the world is going, we look at, you know, children growing up in this time, but I think all throughout history that's been available. Yeah. And I guess they too. Um, during the great depression. Yeah. I'm sure that there was concern over their children's health and their children's future. Um, think about, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis and the nuclear concept for the world and all those things that were happening. But all of those, again, come back to feeling. Yeah, that's true. And you can, now, I want to draw a separation here between um, worry that is open to all of us and clinical depression and clinical anxiety, things like that, where Going to a doctor and getting help for something like that—that that is a—that is a, a, a mental challenge. That's mental illness, and that's something that needs to be dealt with. Right. I'm not—I'm not putting that aside. If someone is is in that in that situation, I'm not going to say that that's something they can do. Well, you're smart enough to get past that, or you should know better. That's not what I'm saying. But for the average everyday concerns that we have, the average everyday worries that we have, um, one of the things I think we need to do is find a time and a place. If that's coming over you, if you're getting overwhelmed with that, find a time and a place to separate yourself from all things around you and just focus on God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in uh, Psalm 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Yes. Be still. And so many times when worry is on us, our mind is racing. Things are overwhelming us. We complain. We, we find ourselves constantly talking to people, uh, especially those we love about things that we're concerned about. Mm-hmm. And we stop looking at all the blessings that we have and all the things God has already done. Sometimes you just need to sit, sit and look back at what God's already done in mm-hmm. your life. Remember, remember what's already. That's happened. why God says, he even says it to the Israelites in the Bible. He says, mm-hmm. tell these stories to your children right. and your children's children. And then that one book, I'm, I'm almost done with it. It's just an amazing book. It's written in the 50s, New Testament Christianity by J.B. Phillips. Mm-hmm. And he said, every Christian, and I know you're going to agree with this because you have said things similar. Every Christian needs quiet every day. You need to sit in quiet. Right. With, And it doesn't have to be, it can be 15 minutes, but you need to get all distractions away and sit in quiet and let God speak to you. You can't, you have to take away all the noise. Right. Otherwise, you you can't, God can't get through. The world loves, well, 
like when we were watching the news last night, there are times when the noise can overwhelm you. Yeah. And we're in a time and a place in, in our society that that noise is more prevalent than ever before. Yeah. You can so always listen noise. to somebody complaining about something or some talking head on some television show just constantly rant, ranting and raving about things. You need to separate yourself from that and get away from it. Mm-hmm. I one of the things I think we need to do more often is get outside into God's creation. Yes, getting outside is really helps everybody. If you're at work and anxiety's becoming an issue, step outside, get some fresh air at lunchtime. Eat that's, your lunch outside. That's a good idea. You know, open a window and listen to the birds singing. Yeah. You know, just little things like that can have a huge effect on our on our emotional health. And uh, Psalm one twenty one one through two says, "I lift my eyes up to the hills. Mm-hmm. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth." Mm-hmm. And when we think about it from that perspective, when we when you can put your hand on grass, look at dandelions, and mm-hmm. listen to birds, and you know, watch, you know, for me, watching raptors fly through the sky, mm-hmm. things like that. I feel a sense of peace come over me when I get away from the man made. Mm-hmm. And get closer to the God made. I told you yesterday that we have, uh, it was, they were here yesterday, and I'm believing they'll be here again. Maybe they're still around. There's a flock of yellow finches. I couldn't, I've never seen that many yellow finches together. And they were in our little plum bush or plum tree. I don't know if it's a tree or a bush, but mm-hmm. it's all bloomed out right now. It's so pretty. And they all just were in there, these little bright little bursts of yellow all throughout it. That was so pretty. And I saw another yellow finch. I love these little yellow finches. Saw one at the post office today drinking from a puddle. And God can do that with creation. He can show you something new every single day that you're like, wow, that's beautiful. And it, it kind of, uh, when, when that happens, whatever it is, it takes you out of yourself and it can take you out of being trapped in worry or, uh, trapped in, stupid thoughts or whatever it just gets you back seeing jesus i think Mm. yeah i when we look at what god intends for us you know jeremiah 29 11 i know the plans i have for you oh that's a good one god has plans for you no matter what plans you have for yourself god has a plan for you if you follow his plan it's all going to work out it's when we try and force things and we force things out of worry Mm. Anytime in our in our married life that we have tried to force something, it has backfired on us. Yeah, we can't. You can't live that way. You have to live with peace and faith in God because that's where all the benefits are going to come from. That's where where the blessings are coming from. They're coming from God. There's nothing I have ever done in my life, no matter what job I've worked in, no matter what I have done, that provides blessings my blessing comes from god it yeah. all comes from him so if god has provided me with a job or god has provided me with an opportunity um i need to remember that's where it's coming from it's not coming from me and right. if god provides it it is perfect mm. and if god provides it it's enough yeah and sometimes we just need to know that when when it's enough yeah. it's enough that you opened your eyes today and you're taking a deep breath it's enough that you are able to just be still. Mm-hmm. And so many people can't do that. And I I, I, I think about people, people that don't have faith. Yeah. What is their hope? I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't understand how someone can can live a life without faith. It just, 
just well, you know, actually, because... I don't think anyone lives without faith. They have faith in something, whatever it is. Well, yeah. You have to have faith in something. I mean, because there's so many unknowns. Otherwise, if you don't have faith in, I don't know, maybe they have faith in themselves, which will backfire. But uh, there's so much that's unknown that we can, we can't control. So right, you, faith you, in the government, faith in society. Yeah, and all faith of those in faiths, identity, faith. I mean. They all become religions in and of themselves. Yeah, and they can, I guess they can, they can step in, they can take the place of real uh, faith in God, but they all will eventually come up short. I read this verse today and it's really good. I'm going to share it. Isaiah 65, well, it's two verses, 24 and 25. Before they call, I will answer. It's God speaking. Mm. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Aren't those good? Aren't, aren't those good? I love that. Before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will hear. So it's like immediate, immediate converse, uh, give and take with God. You know, now, uh, you know, we wait on God. But we are blessed if we wait on God. Anywhere it talks about people who wait on God. Uh, Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus is simply saying, let the world go. Mm. And take on the yoke of being a Christian. Take on the yoke of following in faith. That in itself will ease all the world. Here's another take verse. Take that away. Um, Isaiah 64, 4. I was in Isaiah today, obviously. Mm -hmm. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. And waiting is something we practice all our lives, you know, from the very, when you're a little tiny child and understand when Christmas comes, you get to open presents. So you learn to wait for Christmas and we learn to wait all the time. And it's the thing that we need to learn because we need to be good at waiting expectantly for God, because I realized that his timing is not our timing, but mm. it's because we only have our vision of our life and he knows how everything interacts and everyone interacts or is connected. Mm -hmm. So he knows the perfect time for a prayer to be answered in the affirmative. And so if we would just wait expectantly on him, and that's how we don't have to worry because if we realize he has it all in his hands, he has it, he knows exactly the perfect time to change a situation, then we can wait on him. Mm -hmm. And, and oh, back that, you know, and, the famous one. I patience, say, patience, you know, they always say patience. Patience is a virtue. Yeah. It is. And it's, but it also has to be intentional and it has to be practiced. Yeah. And it, that is, it's, we get better at it as we practice. Right. And I'm thinking of the one famous verse here, Isaiah 40, 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I guess the, do not worry goes along with waiting on God mm. because we can, that's why we don't have to worry because we are waiting on him knowing he's 
perfect. His timing is perfect. He sees us. He sees the situation Mm -hmm. and he will bring about what's best for us, which is a really good, good thing. Yeah. um, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then in Colossians, Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful. And I think that's that's the opposite of fear. Um, Thankfulness? Worry. It's gratefulness. Oh, you're right. Instead of of worrying about things, be grateful for what you do have. Don't focus on the don't, focus on the do. You know, something you said in the sermon last Sunday, which I recommend, it's on the Greenbroke Preacher podcast. It's called Fear Not. Uh, and it is goes along with all this, but one thing Shannon said on Sunday, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, I just hadn't given it much thought. You said the opposite of love is fear, because mm-hmm. there's that verse: "Perfect love casts out all fear." And mm-hmm. and the more you think about that, you really have to ponder that to give it some thought. Because someone, if you say, "What's the opposite of love?" Someone might say, "Hate." Which kind of seems like that's the obvious answer, but that's really not the right answer because if you, that's why, you know, you, if you, I'm not the only one who does this, I've realized there's a lot of podcasts about solving murders. And, wow. But a, a lot of time, these, these murders and passion are done by people who love the one who, who they killed. It's because love can be turned inside out to, to hate so quick because our passion runs high, you know, and that's why hate isn't the opposite of love, but fear. Explain to me why fear is the opposite of love. Cause it, it is true, but I don't, I, I don't know if I can articulate why. Well, love is trust. Yes. You're if right. you love someone you trust and now, um, and that's loving and trusting God. And that's loving and trusting a person that's loving and trusting those that we we truly love that we truly have a relationship with it's built on trust mm-hmm. and if that trust is damaged the love fades away i don't know if it well and it can when the trust when the trust is removed if you remove trust from a from a relationship yeah. then the fear is that whatever caused you to to lose trust in them whatever whatever faded that fear can come back again that yeah. it might happen again or it might yeah uh, reoccur or it might not be gone and in doing so if we grab a hold of that instead of the love mm-hmm. then fear makes our decisions for us mm-hmm. fear makes our relationship what it is well, not I, love i i did i guess in some instances i i don't disagree with you but i do think if if a, a relationship if one person uh did something that lost the trust of the other person and the other person wants still loves that person, but then their love is like has fear in it. So it's not full, completely free kind of love. Right. Cause they kind of fear. Like you said, it has to all happen again. You have to let love overcome the fear. Right. There you go. And that's, that's why it's the opposite is because if I had, um, a glass full of black water and a glass full of clear water, it's not mixing them together that makes it work. Right. Then you just have gray. Yeah. It's one has to overcome the other. Love right. has to overcome fear. Love has to overcome distrust. And love has to overcome worry in the same way. 
Um, and God wants us to come and drop that at his feet. We don't have to work it out for ourselves. We don't have to fix it for ourselves. We have to turn it over to God and walk away from it. What, what's that verse? Perfect love casts out all fear. I thought it was in one of the Peter letters, but. It could be. You can look that up. Yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. First John 4.18. Oh, will you read it? There is no fear in love. A perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. Oh, and the other verse, maybe this is the one of the Peter letters. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Oh, cast, so it's one or the other. The other one thing, cast all your cares about, on Cast your love God because he cares, cares for you. you. I, I think that, that, that's Peter. Okay, will you find that one? Yeah, I already said that one once. Oh, will you say it again? First um, Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Yes. And there's that song... Uh, that we like, uh, leave it at the cross. Yes. Can you sing it? No. (laughs) But the concept there is to take whatever is the problem in your life, whether it's anxiety, whether it's worry, whether it's distrust, whether it's anger, whether it's uh, hurt, take it to the cross, leave it at the foot of the cross. Don't take it back when you walk away, Mm -hmm. but take it to the cross, lay it out before God and let him deal with it and not you. So many times we try and fix things. Mm-hmm. We try and, you know, if you're anxious about something, then you fix things. And that's exactly what the world wants you to do is try and fix it. Mm-hmm. That's why they're selling it. They're selling yeah. fear because if they sell fear, you're going to try and compensate for it, mm-hmm. whether that's retirement mm-hmm. or investing gold because the stock market's dangerous or, you know, um, bunker yourself down and all those other things that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. The world is telling you you have to have um, insurance against the future. If someone is selling something, be suspect. Well, automatically just take that for... If, if there's for, money involved, if they want your money, then sure. there's a then secondary motive. Someone's trying to gain from your anxiety. Yeah. You know, increase your anxiety for their personal gain. Yeah. That's a sad thing. And that, I guess that's that all that. advertising. Advertising wants to, to make fake needs in your life so you'll buy what they have and right um, and instead we as christians are called to live a life of joy yes a life of thankfulness a life of gratefulness a life of joy where we look at the blessings that we have understand where they come from who they come from and what it means to us and i can look at someone else who does not have that joy in their life and say oh thank you lord that i'm not joyless I thank you that you care enough and that I am so grateful to God that I have had the opportunity to learn these things throughout my life. Oh, I'm so grateful They are too. learned uh, behavior. It's a, it's a learning process. And that process, um, when it, you're supposed to, we're supposed to work out our salvation, salvation with fear and trembling as we rely on God more, as we, depend on God more as we have more examples in our own mind, in our own history, in our own memory of God fulfilling these things that we need, mm-hmm. the easier it comes, it becomes for us to trust in him because we've trusted in him repetitively. And I'm so grateful that God has shown me the lessons he's shown me up to this point in my life so that I can make decisions that are wise decisions mm-hmm. based upon the peace that God gives me. Mm-hmm. And I make those, I make 
sometimes hard decisions. Uh, recently, I um, I left the teaching job that I had for good reasons that we have here at home, but 10 years ago, I wouldn't have done it. Right. I would never even consider doing what, what we did because it's contrary to what the world would say is a smart idea and it wouldn't be a wise idea. And when it came up and the thought came up and the process went through and I prayed about it, I got a sense of peace from God mm. saying this is the right thing. Yeah, he took early retirement. When I And so we're going to start our own business. And we're going to do things here where I can be home more and helping out more here at home. And when I felt that peace from God, I knew it was the right thing to do. Mm. So I did not make the decision based on my emotions. I did not make the decision based on my own wisdom. I did not make the decision based upon my feelings. I made the decision based upon what God told me to do. Mm -hmm. And when we do those things, and God, when you feel the peace that passes all understanding, when you feel the peace of God saying, this is what I want you to do, you go in the right direction, stay on the path you're on, that is... I think is the peace that Jesus talks about when he says, my peace I leave. Mm -hmm. It's that peace of knowing that you're going the way God wants you to go. And the beautiful thing about our relationship with God is that we can ask and get answers. Yeah. We can ask and find peace. And if we don't ask, we won't. And I will say too, we have to give God time to answer. Mm. And we have to... Be patient. Be patient and know that even getting an answer does sometimes take time, but he will reveal what you need to know. And I, I, I think he also, the way God works with us, he we we have to unlearn a lot of things. Even though, even if, let's say, every day of our lives, we have followed Jesus as best we can, we still are going to get world thought, get world practices in us because this is how people interact with each other every day. So God has to unlearn, help us unlearn some of the practices that we have from the world. You know, so like we oh, like our instantaneous sin, our stuff. Our sin nature automatically pulls us away from God. And But I don't think it's, yes, yes, you're right. But it's not just sin nature. It's just the way the world works and i don't know if it's necessarily sinful but it's just kind of like not god's way but i think it's i think when we brought sin into the world we brought anxiety and yes yes definitely you know definitely. right away if you think about it um how did satan tempt adam and eve you want to be god like god said god said if you do these things you will die plain and simple and satan said well no yeah you won't die no, this isn't going to happen. You're better than that. You're smarter than that. You can do these things. And that was the sin nature coming in saying, you can take care of it. You don't need to listen to what God says. Mm -hmm. And and he twisted things. Yeah. but it, that is, And that is our sin nature coming up in us saying, I can fix this. Here's the, here's I know God tells me to do this, but I, I want to do it the other way just because I want to. Here's one. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Like one, I'm thinking that, you know, we like to get answers like this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't think that's necessarily a sin. I, I want to, I want you to tell me right now. 
Right. And so I think. But um, that impatience is a worldly thing. Yeah. So with God, he has to, we have to unlearn mm. our expectations of getting answers right away, getting yes or no, just, just tell me what you want. And that's not how God works. It's a slower process because I think it has to soak into us, like transform our every cell in our body. It's a renewing of your mind by depending on God. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. That's really good. We had a visitor yesterday, Gabby. Gabby is what, 11? Oh, yes, she's going into fifth grade. Yep. Okay, so she did a good service for me. She cleaned up my dollhouse that had been... Uh, it had survived the hurricane named Weston, and it hadn't been put right since then, and that was quite a while ago. I don't even know when that was. Um, that was when they came to get the car, okay. whenever that was. And also, G- Gabby told me, you got some dust in here, which is probably right. She could have probably looked anywhere in my house and found mm-hmm. dust, but she dusted it for me, too. But she told us a joke. Oh, yes. Okay, now, I kind of only remember part of the joke, so I'm going to make it up. She what said, no, no. Okay, you go ahead. I know exactly what it is. Well, I, uh, you give it a shot. What did the ocean say to the moon? No, mountain. Well, it could be the moon. Okay, okay I'm doing the moon. What did the ocean say to the moon? Say Nothing. Go. I just waved. Oh, you! I was going <laughs> to do the. I was going to do the punchline. Yeah, well. Okay, I'm going to do another one, and then we'll go. How do you know when an elephant's been in your refrigerator? I have no idea. You see its footprints in the butter. <laughs> oh, okay. Another one I add. Okay. That's like one of my dad bad bad dad jokes. So. Well, tell me a dad bad joke. A bad dad joke. No. Oh, come on. I don't have one in my head right now. Okay, let me a, think. a bunch one. of them out there. Oh, no. Okay, he's signaling to I me. I think we probably We've should end enough, at this point we have, enough, <laughs> we have enough jokes, but, you know, uh, if, oh, I know that. Gabby's dad listens sometimes, so thank you, Josh, for letting Gabby spend time with us. She also made Barbie a necklace, which I never thought about making Barbie necklaces. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. Maybe I could sell Barbie necklaces. (laughs) Oh, who knows? One more thing, and then this is like a little commercial. Starting the first Saturday of June, every every Saturday. Between June and August, all through June, July, and August, there's going to be a Landry Farmer's Market at the USPS parking lot. Anyone can show up, sell anything you want, as long as it's legal, and we're going to have a good time, and hopefully we'll have produce eventually, but uh, I know I'm bringing chicken bags to sell. Little, uh, Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's a time for fellowship. We can get together and, and yeah. spend time if with you're, the community, if, so... If you want to come up on the res, I'd love love to see you there. 8 to 11, All mountain right. time. Last joke. Oh, good. You have one. Which beer is the most condescending? I don't know. Panda. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you. And yeah, uh, Thanks for listening. And we're really going to try to do this Keep weekly. hoping. Keep loving. Yeah. Uh, keep love foremost in your mind. Amen. That's Amen. really good. <laughs>